0: Before we jump into this thing, for you note takers, you look at that title on the screen. If you've already wrote it down or you feel convicted now because you're not a note taker, you should. Um, But look at that title. Disease leads to despair. Despair leads to dip. But I left something out. Dip leads to deliverance. Because if you don't add that last D, we get in a heap of trouble, right? I mean, think about that. What would be the point of dipping? What would be the point of going through despair? What would be the point of having a disease? if there wasn't deliverance at the end. So I want you to add that D if you're a note taker. If not, maybe we can add that to the screen before uh, the end here. But but, uh, but we don't like the beginning. Nobody likes disease. Nobody likes despair. Nobody really even likes dipping. And we're not talking about tobacco for you good old rednecks out there. But everybody loves deliverance. So let's start with this thing in verse 1. Verse 1, it says, The name of a commander of the army. This, this is like the man's man. We got to be like this. This guy comes in and we understand this. There's like... Legend that tells us that this guy was part of some of the battles that had killed certain key figures in the past and all. You know, however true that is, we don't know. That's just some other other stuff. But but he was he was definitely like the right guy. He was a worker. You know, we talked about in the, in the book of Matthew uh, Wednesday night with the men. We said God doesn't call no lazy people. Notice every disciple he calls is out working. You know, so so when we when we hear about this guy, Naaman, even though at this time and he's going to be the only uh, Gentile called as a man of valor. But but even at this time, like God's God's calling him. Why he's a worker, right? So, so if you ain't working and maybe you're just lazy, maybe that's why you ain't getting the phone call. Um, you know, just, just saying, just saying, this is proven in scripture. He was a commander of the army of this king. Uh, he was an important man. His master hardly regarded him. And then you get this, this key thing right here that kind of doesn't make sense to us since he fights for the Gentiles. Through him, the Lord had given victory. It didn't say that he had the victory. It didn't say that he caused the victory. It said that through him, and we're not even going to get there, but I just think it's important that maybe somebody needs to grab a hold of the fact that God will give you victory through you. Maybe you're not the one that's going to win it, but He's going to work through you to get that victory. And then it says this man was a valiant warrior, and, uh, uh, some of them even call him the mighty man. And then it says this word, but. So if you take notes in your Bible, if you've got you a pen, you circle the word but. But he had a skin disease. And what we get at the very opening of this chapter is this. You've got a great, great guy, but he's got a problem. Not only does he have a problem, he's got a problem. He's probably most likely, we know, been hiding for a really long time. Because if he had been known that he had leprosy, he wouldn't have been around the men. He wouldn't have been working. He would have been that lazy bone on a side because nobody would have hired him. Nobody would have wanted him. Nobody would have kept him. Nobody would have spoke highly of him like this guy's going to... He's got a butt that's interrupting some things in his life. And, and I just wonder, and, and maybe I realize this because I've been around a lot of you all, and you've been around me. I think everybody got a butt. And I ain't talking about your physical anatomy. Okay? Sure, everybody got one of them. Maybe, if we're talking physical anatomy, some of us probably got a couple butts. Right? I meant, I meant if we're talking spiritually, sorry. I said that backwards, right? This, guy, this guy's got a, he, he's got a butt that's happening. I mean, he, he's got great stuff going on. But he's got a few problems. And the significant thing about these problems is he's been covering up this problem for a while. So much so that even when he stood up to do battle, he's got his armor on so nobody knows. And I wonder sometimes if those of us in the church, we may be even doing a job, we may even be getting it done. But it's only because we put on some armor to cover up our butts. Right? Whatever our skin disease is, whatever our problem is, maybe it's a. Maybe your butt's a secret habit that you ain't broke yet. You ain't let nobody know it yet. Maybe it's a problem that you haven't resolved. Maybe it's something in your past that you can't shake. Maybe it's a, a deep unhappiness that's invisible to everybody else, but it's rotting you out from the inside. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Maybe y'all just walk in here happily married, but when you're at the house, you ain't. Maybe you make your kids smile when you come in, but when you're in the car, ain't nobody smiling. Let's get real with it, right? It's been covered up. It's been hidden long enough. Maybe there's a secret there's paralyzed. Maybe it's a paralyzing fear. I'm going to get to that fear in a minute with the way the king responds. Sometimes fear will just stop us. Sometimes pain, whether we cause it or not, will just stop us. Maybe you've come up against some kind of obstacle that you're just powerless to overcome. Maybe it's a health setback just like Naaman. I don't know what it- Maybe you've lost a level. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you've lost something valuable to you. And you've been putting on this church mask for far too long. You know, there's a song that's been coming up on the radio a bunch lately that I, that I keep catching, and it talks about like if if we would act the way we're supposed to act, and like display things the way we're supposed to display them as believers, then there wouldn't be any empty seats, because everybody'd be wanting to come, right? I wonder if we would just get honest sometime instead of trying to act like we holy rollers and more perfect than anybody else, if, if we would just have some seats full. You know what I'm saying? Because people outside who are who are actually broken that ain't ain't ashamed to admit it who are more honest than half the people sitting in the church, they'd be okay sitting next to you if they knew you were broken too. Right? Somebody just this past week talking, they said, man, you, you don't know all the brokenness and the stuff in the closet. I said, maybe we all got stuff in the closets. Right? And if you ain't got stuff in the closet, it's because you got a little secret wall and your stuff behind the secret wall in the closet. But God said, I don't know. I don't know. we just, just want to come in and clean the closet. I'm going to clean all whole house. I want to clean the attic. I want to clean the basement. You know, we don't even have basements, but you want to clean it all. Naaman had something to hide. And I just want you to think before we jump into the rest of this thing and ask yourself, isn't it stressful when you're hiding something? Isn't is it like super stressful and aggravating when you're trying to be somebody you're not? When you're trying to not let anybody else know what's going on on the inside? The funny thing is, we get stressed out by whatever the butt is. You get stressed out by your butt. That works, right? You get stressed out by your butt but then you get more stressed out because now you're trying to hide your butt so much, and you're so worried and so concerned about somebody else finding out that you're not as perfect as you appear to be, and now you just you're falling apart on the inside, like it's just eating you up and, and tearing you up. And again, I just wonder how much more fuller empty seats would be if people knew they weren't the only ones broken because we're broken too, right? Like this this is a place we're supposed to be getting healed from this kind of stuff. And, and maybe here's a lesson for us: your honesty will free other people to be transparent. We see growth in our men's group because we got men that are open. You ladies sometimes see growth in your group because you're open in those things. You get in the setting surrounded by the right believers and the right like-minded people and you feel okay to share. And when you start sharing, other people then feel feel like they they can open up and share. And then we heal one another. Do we understand this is the way God has designed it? Sometimes I think we we think sometimes that, that it's a sign of weakness if we have to reach out for help. No, that's a sign of faith. Faith clearly tells you to reach out to your body, talking about you guys, to heal your problems, to talk about your problems, get over your problems, right? And maybe it's this. This Elijah kind of hints at this here in just a minute. What if God's purpose for the problem in your life is just to get you to ask a bigger question? Just to get you to answer a bigger question. A question so big that if it get answer, gets answered, you'll forget about your problem altogether. I mean, I don't want, well, I am going to get to it because it just fits right in, right? But when we get to verse, I think it's verse 15. Yeah. When we get to verse 15 and Elijah is standing there and Naaman comes running up to him, he don't even mention leprosy. Like he just runs up talking about how awesome God is and what God did and God is real and God's got power. He's all about God. He doesn't forget he even had a disease. And God to do that for us with whatever our butts are, right? Look at verse two. I can stay on verse one for a long time, but that barbecue might start seeping in through the walls. All right, verse two. This king had got on a bunch of raids. So what, what we see here is the first case of, of, of human trafficking for this young lady. Now, some translations use the word mistress. This isn't sexual trafficking or anything like that. She's just a slave. Okay, she's a, she's a worker for for Naaman's wife. Aramagata reigns. he had brought back from from a free land of Israel, and Israel really messed up. That's why this was allowed to happen. This this young girl who's serving. Naaman's wife. Now here's where you really gotta put this thing into picture. If she's serving Naaman's wife, who you think raided her homeland, killed her parents most likely, and took her as a slave? Naaman. Naaman. Could you imagine if you looked every day at the guy who took you away from your family? At the guy who caused great loss to your family? And we read over this thing fast because she don't get a name mentioned, but I want to make sure you understand. She, in my opinion, is the hero of this story. Because if she hadn't began to witness, if she hadn't been faithful to the calling that God had put on her heart, this story would have never even taken place. Look at what it says, verse 3. Verse 3, it says that that, that she's working for Naaman's wife, right? And she says to to Naaman's wife, her mistress, her her, her master, If only my master... Well, with the prophet who's in Samaria, he could cure him of the skin disease. So maybe, like she saw, she she's got an inside picture. You know, sometimes people get an inside picture of you. Inside picture will expose you. Somebody who gets close enough, you get exposure. Sometimes we need a little more exposure so that we can get some more experience. Right? That's where Naaman's at. Naaman's now been, he's been he's been spotted. She's maybe in the room while he's changing clothes, or we don't know how. Maybe maybe his wife's putting some lotion on it. You know, some some oils on it, whatever's taking place. Maybe she was an essential oil kind of lady like some of y'all may be. Right. So she's dumping the oil on, take care of it. And and the servant girl, she sees it. And the first thing that comes to her mind isn't oh, poor, pitiful him. The first thing that comes to mind isn't bitterness. That'd been mine. Right. Good. He's going to get what he deserves. Kill my family. Take me slave. He's gone. Right. Take him out, Lord Jesus. He just started a little praise report on the inside right there. Right. That, that's some of us now we got to break that barrier in our heart this girl this girl's first thought if he'd only just go be with elijah he'd be healed not man how bad it is not man i understand leprosy is incurable at the time leprosy still exists today mostly in india you know and that that side of the the world and they do have a cure for it but it takes two to four years of extensive extensive treatment for it to be cured not it's always cure, but just, just for those that cases that are. Right? And here's this girl who knows at this point in history, there is no cure for it. But she says, I can point you in the right direction. Because see, some of us, we, we use the excuse all the time. Oh, I can't preach, Pastor. I can't share this. I can't do that. You can't preach, but can you point? Right? You might not be able to preach, and that's okay, but you can point people in the right direction. Right? You can point them to the church. You can point them to the book. You can point them to prayer. You can point them to somebody who will pray for them. You can point them to somebody who will, who will work with it. Right? We can all point. problem is sometimes we want to point to the wrong stuff. We don't know how long this girl's been here, but she's she's broken through every barrier. There's another thing you've got to catch on her. Think about the barriers. She's got a language barrier. And again, we don't know how long she's been there, so she breaks that. She's got a religious barrier. She's got a racial barrier. She's got a class barrier, and she's got a gender barrier. All five barriers. And you can imagine when you're a great man like Naaman, you don't want to hear nothing from a a girl, a low-class girl, a non-part-of-my-group girl, somebody smaller and somebody less than you. But she chooses to break over all the differences, and none of the differences kept her from sharing her faith. How often do your differences keep you from sharing your faith? How often do, do, do we... We use what's familiar and we're afraid to go beyond that. We not only need to go beyond what's familiar, we need to go beyond what's fair. Man, I look at this girl and I'm like, man, it ain't fair that she's in this kind of situation, right? No, it ain't fair. No, it ain't fair. But she goes beyond that. Look at verse, verse three again. The way she says it. I, I wish we could hear her voice. Sometimes I wish we had like an actual audio Bible. You know, not, not the one where, where you go buy it at a store, but like the like a like an actual recording. I wish God had gave him the iPad and the iPods a lot sooner than, than He gave them to us, right? Because man, we could hear this lady's voice, I think there'd have been so much confidence in it. I mean just read the way she says it. If only my master were with the prophet in Samaria, he'd cure him of this disease. There's no question about it. There's no there's no worry about it. And I wonder sometimes if you and I would get that kind of confidence, what kind of faith we could instill in people outside. You know why some people don't want the faith we got? Cause you ain't got the faith you got. Right? You're fake, you're, you're, you're pretending it, you're faking it, your face like this big and, and like that ain't even the mustard seed size, like that's on another microscopic level smaller than the mustard seed. Right? This lady's got so much faith, she says if, if only he'd, if only he'd just be there. That's why some of y'all got 25 years in the church and still don't know how to love your neighbor. Oh yeah. let's go ahead and go there, right? That, that, that's why after years of teaching you're still as mean as the serpent that was in the garden Let's go ahead and get real about where we're at, right? Because if we're going to expose it, let's expose it, right? We can't love because we've been we, we've allowed the birds to snatch up what god was trying to plant through the air You know what scripture says and, and the birds in the air will, will, will not take root because they snatched up the seed that's what's taking place in us We've allowed seed to be snatched out when god wanted it to be rooted and man, if verse 4 ain't one of the most important things to make us understand what, what's really going on, we're missing it. So we get through verse 3 and we get to verse 4. It's really important if we want to change it. If we want to get beneath surface level religion and, and, and skin deep spirituality and, and get into a real relationship. I'm not talking about impressing people. I'm talking about being in a real relationship with God where, where it's real. Like we don't we don't fake it at church and then go home and be miserable. Right? Get back to your dorm and you're miserable. We need this kind of exposure. He gets this exposure. And, and, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe we've only allowed people to see us from a distance and we've never been able to get the real view. you got to get close with people. Like, y- y'all all worried about food. I care. Oh, I like some food. I mean, I mean I, 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 can't say I care less. I'd be lying. Lightning bolts would strike me as I stand on the altar. Right. So I'd be bad. I care about food. I care more about watching everybody just sit around and talk. I'm serious. Like just hanging out, man. I never forget one of the one of the most awkward, weirdest funerals we ever did here. I come back after midnight. There's still a group of people who ain't never been in church. I promise you sitting on the picnic tables. I put Y'all need us to listen. No, y'all keep on hanging out, man. There's something about getting together with people. There's something powerful that God uses in it. And sometimes we believe the lie of the enemy that that hiding it and keeping it a secret and and staying away is the answer. That's never the answer. Anybody healed of leprosy had to be around people. Even the guy in the New Testament gets healed of what he had to get around people. All those that say, stay away, I'm unclean. What happened? They stayed unclean. Get around people if you want to get some exposure. Verse four, Naaman went to his master and he told him what the girl had said. Can you imagine a great guy going up to the king who thought so high of him? Now, this, this is vulnerability. You want to get healed, you got to go through some vulnerability. He's a great guy, great warrior, great leader, a mighty man, awesome guy, lots of victories. And he's got to go to the king and tell him two things. One, I'm listening to a servant girl. And I'm taking her advice. I've gotten so low in my life that that's who I'm taking advice from now. But I commend him on taking it. And two, I don't think the king ever knew his problem. He's got to confess his problem now. Yeah, we miss that part because it ain't there. We we just read over it, right? Because he goes to the king and then boom, he's back on the trip. He's got to go to a king and say, man, I've been your leader. I've been the man that you've looked at so much and so highly of. But I've got a problem. And this problem's starting to eat away at me and it's going to keep eating away at me and it's not ever going to be solved if I don't deal with it. He's vulnerable. He's humble. And church, hear me. I think it's great when we celebrate the Goliaths that we've killed. But I think a lot of us, if we get honest, we got some giants that's been kicking our butts for a long time. And because we don't let it out, because we don't share it, it gets too late and it goes too far. I, I want us to, to get to where we're studying God's word and we're preaching God's word and, and we look deeper to, to the areas we've been trying to hide and never mention so that we can get real help for those kind of things. Right? We can't get great marriages if we don't admit there's a problem in our marriages. We can't raise our children great if we don't admit there's a problem with the way they're being raised. We can't become great people, men and women of God, if we don't admit first that there's been some, some corruption in the church. And we don't like that because we're like, man, that's that's admitting there's a problem. Yeah, first part of the solution is admitting there's a problem. Right? That's it. And this all starts because this servant girl noticed some spots on his back. I wonder how many of us, we talk about being God's people, how many of us notice some spots on our brothers and sisters' backs? How many of us notice some of the problems they're going through, some of the pain and agony they're going through? And how many of us, when we notice them, we're just turning away real quick? Rather than try to help them through it, rather than try to call them out on it, rather than try to discuss it, right? Oh, man, I saw it, but I ain't—I ain't I ain't going to talk about it. Now, how about let's talk about it, that we can get some healing going, right? Are you? Maybe I should ask you this way before we jump on. Are you willing to obey God even when He speaks through something smaller than you? You know, some of the greatest things I've began to learn in the last couple of years is through my kids. That ain't much smaller than me, right? I ought to step on them little bugs sometime. You know what I'm saying? Like just a backhand here and a backhand there do them a lot of good. But there's been some moments where like they'll bring something up, and it's like boom. Or, or, or maybe an experience with them will then lead later to me sitting there and just thinking about it and letting God speak through that experience with them. Something smaller, right? But what, what, what if you're the boss and you're learning from a from an employee? What if what, what, what if you're the husband and you happen having to learn from your wife when when Scripture says I'm supposed to be the man? You yeah, haven't seen teach you some mighty things, brother, right? What if I'm the daddy and and I don't to be? What, what, what if I'm supposed to be the mature Christian and the new to the faith believer comes in and teach me some stuff? Well, I think they bring a fire that some of us have lost. And we need that whiff of wind to come on in like the Holy Spirit and fan that flame and catch us back on fire again so we don't miss out on it. Stop shutting things down because they appear to be smaller in your head than they are, right? Things will happen when we get exposure to the things we prefer to hide. Look at this. Here's, here's another problem, though. Verse 5. Man, we got to make it to how many verses? I'm glad lunch is out there, right? Verse 5, it says this. Therefore, this king, he said, go and I'll send a letter with you. Now, I got a pot. Well, let me let me finish it. He went. He takes 700 pounds of, of silver, 150 pounds of gold and, and and two sets of, of like clothing is really expensive. Because everything hands made. Right. You take a value of what he's taking with him in today's money. You're at one point two million dollars. You imagine just get you a caravan together and roll it down the road. One point two million to go with a letter. See how everything got mixed up. What the girls say. That's the problem in verse five. Like, like I like verse five, and, and I like the name is getting bold enough to at least take the step. But some of the message has been changed. Y'all ever play telephone when you was little kids? Right? Like, you say one thing, and, and by the time it gets to the other end, like, it's totally something different. Like, it don't make any sense at all, right? It's how people corrupt the message. It's, like, it's a good illustration for kids. That's kind of what's happened just in a, in a glimpse. This girl said, if you would just make it into the presence of Elijah, you would be healed. He says, I need some money. I need a letter of recommendation. I, I need a, a whole convoy to go with me. Uh, you know, he, he's just got this, this whole list of things going and he's gone to the wrong source because he's gone to a king. Why, why do we always have the tendency to go to the wrong source? I mean, we look at naming and we see it. and We're like, oh, man, I can't believe you allowed it to be corrupted and, and all that kind of stuff. But don't we do the same thing? Don't we go to the wrong source? You got a problem. You Google how to solve it. The worst thing you could do is Google your conditions. I'm telling you right now, you Google your conditions, everybody's dying. Now we all dying. Don't get me wrong. I've been dying since '84, right? So we're all dying. But we we need to understand something. Google's going to paint like that worst picture. Why? Why don't we go to to somebody we know and ask him? Why Why don't we go into the to the Word of God? Why Why don't we go to the the source of the solution rather than the source of more problems? Right? And that's where he's at. We run to the wrong people who have the wrong ideas. Maybe that's it. Maybe we get the wrong ideas of where help should be coming from. He thinks I go to the top man on my category and what does this king tell him? This king says, well, you're going to get your entourage, you're going to get your 1.2 million and you're going to go all your swag. Think about all the swag you got. Like people couldn't afford nice clothes, but he's got all like the Hollywood swag and, and all the, what's the fancy dresses that they only release like once a year. And he's got all that stuff on this caravan going with him to talk to another king rather than the prophet because we think that with the highest authority has all the solution. Well, if you ain't figured out nothing yet in this world, unfortunately, those with the highest authority can screw things up more than anybody else sometimes. Right? Now that, that's a diss on those with authority because they should be having the right answer. It's just been corrupted so much, right? So, so that's where he's at. And you're thinking, man, most logical answer. God's not logical. God never commanded to be logical. He never said I'd be logical. And then you get this, this, this side note for one, for one of you. One of you in the room, I know, need this. Verse six. You read this this letter again. He's thinking so high of this guy. Here's what's awesome. He finally opens up about how broken he is, and the king still talks good about him. Look at what he says. When this letter comes to you, note that I've sent my servant named to you for you to for you to cure him of his skin disease. He knows he's got it, and he's calling him a servant. If you want to be a good leader, you got to first be a good servant. There's like the free lesson that's it right there in that letter that, that doesn't apply to anything else in the verse, right? If you want to be a good leader, you got to first be a good servant. To be a good leader, you got to first know how to follow. And that's where Naaman, evidently at some point Naaman had been this good follower and he gets to this part now he's, he's this good leader. And look at the king's, the king's response here, right? The king of Israel, verse seven, he opens the letter and he starts flipping out. Am I God? Killing and giving life that this man expects me to cure a disease, a skin disease? But does he even recognize who I am? Is he trying to pick a fight with me? Look at how fast he overreacts and where it jumps to, right? Have you ever felt like life brought you something that's like above your pay grade? That you don't know how to handle? You ever flipped out when that moment comes? Huh? That, that's where this guy is. This guy's really at. Life is presented him with something he's not equipped to handle. And here, here's his biggest problem that, that we don't get unless we know the whole story. So if you haven't been with us as we, we go through this thing. So if you're sitting this morning, you're like, man. He picked this chapter just for me. No, I didn't. Like we preach verse by verse every day. So like I couldn't have lined it up that way. Right. But 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 if you had been with us, you're missing some of the part of of what's happened is he's allowing a past experience to contaminate his present moment. Because in the past, every time this guy's army came over, what happened? There was a fight. There was a battle. There were some slave girls taken. There were some people's lives lost. So he reads this letter and he's like, hold on, he's commanded me to heal this guy. I can't heal this guy. Does that mean if I can't heal him, he's gonna come pick a fight with me? He's allowed a past moment to affect his present circumstance. Y'all, y'all, I y'all probably don't. Y'all are y'all are pretty holy people, right? Maybe one of you in the room can relate with me. There's been certain situations in life where like I will overreact. Just a little bit. No, not a lot, but you know, like I will throw things against the wall and break things and and, and maybe have bad thoughts in my head and, and yell just, just a little bit and, 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 just, you know, like destroy things all around me. And then I get to the end of that, that little moment. Now, I know y'all are holy, so y'all don't get in the little moments, but I got little moments sometimes, right? Be, be on. You got to get exposed so you can get experience, right? So, so I'm, I'm exposing myself to you guys. That sounds weird. Let's do, let's delete that from the recording. That's not good, right? Not exposing myself to the church. That's illegal, I think. Right. So so anyway, I, I get those little moments. And if I can be honest with you, like I sit back afterwards and I'm like. What was that like flipping out about? Like you pause and you're like, it, it wasn't even that big of a deal. The kid asked for a glass of water. <laughs> right. Like, dang, how, he probably went to bed thinking like, how expensive is the water? Right. Like, like he probably thought like it was like, man, the China and the glass cup that it comes in must be, you know, like what? What was the deal? We we flip out over things that don't matter. And then we sit back and we wonder why. And unfortunately, here's what it really boils down to, if we can be honest with ourselves, we do this because we hadn't resolved something from the past. We hadn't let Christ really make whatever it was in the past that had been bottled up all that time that finally allowed you to explode a little, little explosion. I know you don't have big ones, but little explosions, right? You like you didn't get right with Christ back then to get that thing fixed. And now you're seeing the repercussions of it on an issue that really isn't that big of a deal. I I wonder if his men sat back and looked and like, man, I've never really seen the king act this way over a letter of somebody asking for some help, right? You're like, what's really going on here. Here's what's really going on. His present moment has been overtaken by his past pain. And if you don't deal with your past pain, that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to keep having a cycle of outbursts and a cycle of, of, of projected outbursts and projected big times and, and all this stuff is going to have happen. He, he projected. Maybe that's the problem. We project. We assume what's going to happen. We assume what somebody means. He looks at, at this thing as an opportunity for attack when it's an opportunity for God to display his healing. How often do we look at a situation the wrong way and take it the wrong way and overreact the wrong way when God's just like, man, I was getting ready to like work a miracle through you. Like you you missed it. Like you missed your opportunity, right? How many opportunities do we miss because we don't notice and how many opportunities do we miss because we don't take them? Exposure does nothing if you don't get some experience through it, right? We spend a lot of time treating opportunity like attack. We spend a lot of time Fighting stuff that God was sending to our lives to do a miracle. We send a lot of times fighting people that we're not even really mad at. Let's get right. Let's get honest about it. We argue with people we ain't even mad at them. You come home and yell at your husband or you yell at your wife or or you yell at the kids and they ain't did nothing all day to you. Now the jerks at work, they probably needed a hammer to the face if you want to be honest. Right? Not at the tire shop. We got great people. Right? But everywhere else in the world. Right? They done stressed you out, done got you mad. And now you're coming home with it. And what's that doing? That's ruining everything at the house. And then you want to know why when you lay down in the bed at night, there ain't no cuddle time, right? Ain't no cuddle time because you done blew that bomb up, brother. Right? Let's move on before I get in more trouble, which I'm already on to. Right? Bible says in verse 8. Man, we're only in verse 8. Bible says in verse 8, when Elijah... <laughs> It's not good when the pastor says that, by the way, when Elijah, <laughs> the man of God heard that the king of Israel has torn his robe, he sends him a message. I love this guy. I love this guy for, for, for many reasons, but here, here's a couple of them for today, right? He hears the king's got a problem so bad that he's tearing rum, robes and throwing stuff and getting house. What do y'all do when y'all see somebody act like that? You get on away from him, right? You don't want to be up in that mess. Uh, you, you, go, you, you move on to another area of the house or or you just leave the house, get in your car and go like, like you don't be around it. Elijah says, let's get around it. There's a problem. Let, let's just go to it. Do you understand what makes Elijah a great man of God? He sees a problem and he runs to it. Man, that's an awesome guy right there, man. That's an awesome spiritual leader right there. When you see a problem and you race after it. Sometimes I I think we've we've totally missed what God wants to do to us because we're so afraid to get involved in a problem that we run away from all of them. We're so afraid to meet somebody new because they might have stuff in their closet, too. Right. They probably got the same junk in your closet you got in yours. Right. Maybe y'all can talk about it together. Huh. Elijah says this, though, have a yard sale. (laughs) Yeah. Group yard sales do great. Get rid of all of it at once. Right. Here's what Elijah's saying. But this, this, this king slipped out. he says, Who do you think I am? Am I a healer? Am I a doctor? Da, da 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 da. Are you coming to fight with me and all this stuff? Elijah says, where you saw opposition as a king, I'm seeing opportunity as a spokesman for God. Elijah says, the same thing that triggered you to tear your robes and have fear come about you is triggering me to rise up in faith and see this opportunity because I know. Here's what Elijah knows because I know God is with me. Now, you've got to understand this before you go charging every problem that comes out, young believers, right? Elijah has experience to build this expectation on. Think of all the miracles he's already done, all the things he's seen God do. And that's what makes this faith so mighty and so powerful, though. You, you start building up your faith bank. We're going to talk about a guy who builds up his wrong bank at the end of this thing, right? But, but you build up your faith bank, and when moments come about, you've got something to draw out of. Oh, I've seen God do this. I've seen God do that, Right? When I first started seeing God do stuff, we had a group to bed at the house when we lived over in Jedburg and, and we would have prayer meetings and, and God would start doing like miraculous things. You know, you know, lady getting up from the dead and, and woman who couldn't have kids now having a bunch of kids and, and which I don't know if that's what they intended for. it, But we kept them. We kept them fueled. Right. Going. You know, but, but when I started seeing all the healing and all this, this stuff, I started journaling. it. I've never been. A, I don't even take notes in school when I was in school. Right. Maybe that's why I did bad in school. But, you know, I, knocking all this stuff down and keeping journal, I've got so much now. And keep, not, This is wrong advice. I quit taking the journal because I just see God do so much. You know what I'm saying? Now, that's that's a fault. I probably should still keep the journal going, right? But can you say that? I'm around the same stuff you around all the time. I've just chosen to hand it over to God and let God do miraculous things to him. Right? And when you do that, that's how it gets easier. You know, you, you hear about some of the stuff. You, you don't hear about the ones I've prayed over that have died, though. You don't hear about the time I loaded up six guys in my dad's pickup truck and we drove down to a hospital to pray for a baby because God loves babies. Right. He's got to heal a baby. Right. With full faith. I'm talking more faith than you ever seen in your whole life. And three months later, that baby not be with us anymore. You ain't seen them, right? Because I tell you about the good things. You got to go through some bad things sometimes to get to the good things, though. You got to watch some some fights. Not be one, so that you can have victory with some other ones. But you remember those those good ones, man. You remember the bad ones too. But it's just a different it's a different level, man. Elijah says I, I've got the faith to, to take care of this because here, maybe even throughout a resume, I don't know what extra verses are there that we don't know about, right? Maybe he said I don't I didn't rose the person from the dead. I done let a baby have let a woman have a baby that, that couldn't have kids. I didn't I didn't brought oil to jars so so much that they, it filled up all the jars until they stopped running. He probably had a huge resume of stuff. And here's what's cool in verse eight that I I, I like. Just a little extra lesson from verse eight. This servant girl's faith has now connected her and Naaman with other believers. Your faith will connect you with other believers in unexpected ways. I mean, look at this. He's lined up this this whole entourage to get to this king. And and this king doesn't know what to do. So Elijah hears about it. A man of faith, a servant with faith. And he's like, oh, we're connected now. Your faith will line up opportunities in unexpected ways, right? Naaman's on the verge of something. He takes this trip, 90-mile trip, by the way, for those of you who care about, about distance, right? He's got this big crew with him. Now, you got to picture this. Maybe this is another reason why the king overreacts. He's coming in with an entourage, animals and, and horses and chariots and, and all this stuff that he's listed, right? And again, I admire him because he went. you got to take the first step in order to get to the rest, right? So I'm admiring this part of him. But you got to picture the scene because he gets to the king. The king tears all his clothes and, and he gets overreacts. And then Elijah's servant or Elijah himself, somehow the message gets to the king, send him to me. So this entourage keeps on going. You got to go just a little bit further. Think about it. You got to go just a little bit further. And he makes it to Elijah's house. Where's your expectations when you're a great man? I mean, the whole world has heard of you as a military captain, as an awesome guy. You got $1.2 million that you just rolling with in your pocket. It ain't in the bank. It's in your pocket, right? You got outfits for every event that could come up, right? You're ready you got all your men with all your horses, all your chariots, all your camels. Everything is looking great. And you get to this puny little house because he's just a prophet, right? He ain't got no money. He's just a spokesman for God. So who knows? He's probably living in a shack, to be honest with you. And you think, you know, he's going to oh, he come running out here. He's going to bow to me. He's going to do this. He, gonna, he even said it. What did he say? When, when Jeremiah read, he said, I thought he'd come out here and wave his hands over me and do a magic potion. And, and quote Psalm 23 and sing Kumbaya. And everything would have been great. But what's he do? He's sitting at the table, probably with a still little lampstand that he had from the other chapter. He probably took that table and his lampstand with him. I think he did. Right. And he's sitting there and he's just jotting down some notes. and He looks out the window and he's like, oh, that's a guy with the leprosy and his one point two million dollars in his entourage. Whoop, he freaking do. Right. And he looks over at his servant and says, hey, man, will you go out there and just tell him to run down to the Jordan and, and dive in it seven times? When you a man like Naaman. You got 1.2 million in your pocket. You got all your men with you like to respect you and a little servant. He don't even come out and bow. He just runs out the door. Hey, man, go jump in the river seven times. We'll catch you later. And he runs back inside. You're like, oh, no, he didn't. You're like, oh, no, he did not just do that. So so he and, and that's the problem. Name doesn't get what he expected. You ever notice when you don't get what you expect, it don't always go the right way. I'm talking in every area of life. It ain't even got to be spiritually. You got expectation, you know, for your wife to be doing something. She don't do it. Boom. That causes things to go wrong. You got expectation for your children. They don't do it. Boom. Causes things to go wrong. You got expectation for the church and they fail it. Boom. Goes wrong. Right. Right. Am I I being on or am I the only one that's been there? Maybe I'm not. Maybe God's just going to preach through me to me today. That's all right. I'm OK with that. I need to get clean. I'm a dip seven times. I promise you. Right. So so you get to this moment and, and the servants run out and here, here here's where a lot or name is at. Well, I'm going back home. He don't want my one point two million. He don't want my outfits. He don't want my help in my and my letter. I'm going back to the house. Name is now got a worse disease and leprosy that you and I have sometime called pride. He's got pride when your heart is so filled with pride, you try to write your own prescriptions. He had a, he had an expectation about what it was going to be. This guy's going to come outside. He's going to wave his hand over me. He might even have heard about like the whole dumping and anointing of oil. He might have expected that. I don't know. But here's what he thought. He knew how he was going to get God to bless him. Who are you to tell God how to bless you? Right. Who do you think you are to tell God how to heal you? Oh, don't get Don't. Yeah, it's real, because I know some of you had that thought. I've had them thoughts, right? Naaman goes away angry because he don't like the response to it. He don't like the the the, This is not an opportunity I wanted. I wanted something more significant. I wanted something great and awesome. I think God's whole plan was to give him something simple and dirty. Right. He's got a servant girl that leads him there. He's got a servant that comes outside to talk to him. And then he's got to go get into Jordan. Now, you holy people, y'all think the Jordan's great. Right. Because it's all over scripture. Right. How many of y'all thought the Jordan was awesome? Be honest, don't be a liar. Revelation twenty one, eight lightning bolts will come from uh, the ceiling, they will strike you, and you will go to hell if you lie in church. Right? Read it, it's there somewhere. Right? So some of y'all getting struck because I know all of y'all thought the Jordan was great, right? So the Jordan's great. That's what John the Baptist does this, that's where this happens, that's that's where that happens. All this great stuff. The Jordan is nasty. It is not like Google it. Straight up. I don't tell you to Google everything, but Google that one. Right? It is it is disgusting. It's like a little creek, and it's the area they use for everything. Everybody say everything. Somebody got it. Somebody got it when I said it. Oh. That's the old school woman. An old school woman know what I mean when I say the river got used for everything. Right? You cleaning your dishes in it. You cleaning your poopy diapers in it. You cleaning out this in it. You cleaning everything in this water. So when some bum servant comes outside while well, you standing out there ready for something totally different and he tells you, hey, go dip all the way. Also in Hebrew is uh, the word plunge. So I don't know which one they were using, but I like plunge because like you take that the servant coming outside, say, hey, go plunge in the river seven times. Matter of fact, do it in the Jordan. I'm not getting in that nasty thing. I'm trying to get healed from a disease, not catch another one. I'm trying to see God do a miracle. I'm not going to associate with somebody who could get me spread up with something else. Oh, don't laugh because now it's real. Huh? Oh, I'm not going to go to them people because I might catch something. Yeah, you might catch the fire of the Lord burning you up. Getting you excited about what can happen when you surrender to him finally. Right? Is that not what we do? But God, that ain't the way I wanted it. I don't care what you want. Y'all ever tell your kids that? None of y'all? Y'all are some horrible daddies and mamas. Oh, okay. Me and Brian. (laughs) <laughs> what are we not talking to you? You got told that one time. time. Hold on, now he's shaking his head and laughing, and you trying to act like a hard nose you just told that all the time. All the time, we right. We're gonna let y'all's brotherwood section be the judge of that, right? <laughs> the Holy section can pick that one off, right? Here's where he's at, though. He's like that. That ain't the way it's gonna be. What's really gonna happen is you're gonna go get in this dirty river, or you're not gonna get healed. And it ain't about the river, it's about the process. Right? So 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 he, he's whining to his men. Verses 9 through 13. And he's whining with it, and he's telling them, I I, I can't believe this way he wants to do there's so many nice rivers around here, so many beautiful things going on, and they think this Jordan River got it going on, and they think this and they think that. I'm just sick of the religious people over there in this area. He's mad. He's mad. I thought God can do something, but God can You ever been there? You ever been there where you, you use that word? I thought God could do something and God, mm hmm. You been there? God says this My thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, my thoughts, and your, my thoughts are that far above your thoughts and my ways are that far above your ways. We can't even grasp how high God's thoughts and ways are above ours, right? But, he, but here's what's awesome. Talk about this little servant girl's faith spreading. This little servant girl's faith has spread so much. She's now got Naaman's own servants. Talking to him in verses 9 through 13, telling him, man, we don't come this far. We might as well try it out. Right. It's like, man, you don't come to the parking lot. You might as well come on in the church. Right. You don't try it one Sunday. You might as well try another Sunday. Right. You don't try a Sunday. You might as well try a Wednesday. Man, you don't you don't heard the word there. You might as well open the word at the house. Right. You don't pray with somebody. You might as well pray at the house, too. Huh. Man, it, it might just be something that catches on and be contagious. And the said, let's just try it out. They even get to his, to his, to his thing and say, Name, I know like you thought this. And if he'd have told you to do something great, you'd have done it right. Yeah, I would have. Cause I'm a great man. I expected great things. Right? But they said, but he's telling you to do something so simple. I think sometimes that's, our, that's our problem with coming into a relationship with God. He sometimes has spoken so much of it so simple that, the, 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 some of us, we're just so high above it. We're like, I, it can't be that easy. It can't be that real. He can't change it. He can. He can. Right. And and he goes on. And and maybe this is part of his problem. I, I don't want to get back on this, but but real quick, because Alan used it the other night with the men's group. And I think I used it like two weeks ago. He uses the two most dangerous words in the world for a believer. You know what they are. He said, I thought. I thought he would do it this way. I thought it would be this way. I thought I thought I thought who cares what you thought. Right. That's what God should have told him. He should have cracked down the daddy whip on him and got him straight. God's transformation ain't going to happen on your terms. It's going to happen on his. Now, let's get on because they don't stop there. right? We get to this verse 14 is coming. God honors radical risk taking faith. It's what you could call the before principle. You do something before you know the results. Right. You believe before there's any proof. Naaman found it hard to swallow, but he did go try it out. Right. He he used some excuses. I noticed some other rivers. He he allowed that pot to get in. But then in verse 14, see, we did skip a couple of them. Look right there. We're flying now. So Naaman went down and dipped himself into Jordan seven times. You gotta pause and picture this scene though. How'd he do it? It's nasty. So like the first time I think, I think he really plunged in. Right? You ain't no walking. You ever walked into a nasty river? You know what I'm saying? Like you, you walk in like you're moving the trash. Because you got to get to something else, right? Yeah, I think he just jumped on as far out as he could. Let's get away from, from some of the trash. And he cannonballed in that thing. And I bet he come up and he looked at himself. Still got it. So he did it a second time. He did it a third time, did it a fourth time, did it a fifth time, did it a sixth time. And I think he started really checking himself out. He said, dang, I ain't changed none. Because I don't think it was a gradual thing. I don't think like he was getting a little motivation every time personally when I read it, right? Because what it tells us he don't get nothing until the seventh time. So he's gone six times. I don't know about you, but if I bet you, you know, everybody's watching. He done rolled up into town with an entourage. He done made this big old scene while he's pouting like a little baby because of his pride. Like everybody is looking. And they see he ain't changed in six dips. Because six dips ain't enough when God commands seven. And he takes that seventh dip and thank God he didn't fall in that. Because i think he'd got in trouble if he tried to go for one extra right but it comes out that seventh time and i and i just wonder scripture scripture don't tell us this but i wonder like how long did he look at that spot you know what i'm saying like when he come up the seventh time and it said the leprosy was healed i don't know where like all his spots were but maybe like one was on his forearm and, and i just picture him like coming up out the water This water's nasty. I can't tell if my eyes is messed up. Is that really healed? You know, what I'm saying? like how long did he look at the one spot? How many questions did he ask about the one spot? And then like he got to the house and he was taking all this stuff. and He's like, check out my back. Like, 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 you know, like after a workout, you know, you want to, you want to sound mighty to your wife. She's like, hey, how you like that? Right. But, but, but he, he was, he was making sure he was healed because now she can touch him again because he ain't dirty. Right. So he's like, is, is it, is it clean? Like, like, is, is it, is it real? And she's like, yeah. And then a the little servant girl, she's still in the room and he's like, how you like me now? Right. Right? how you like it now? I, I did the dip. I put the hand up on that hip and right. And, and he was going crazy about this thing. Right. He was excited. He was going on. Some of y'all, the, y'all the, y'all lost your excitement from when you first got healed. Right. Think about it. when God did something big in your life, like you, you, you forgot about it already. And I don't know why. Well, like it's a whole point of why we end every year with, or begin every year, whichever way it flows, with, with the testimonies. We need to be reminded of God working in our lives. And, and man, this guy was so excited. So excited, right? What, what could God do if you take the risk? He took, what if he did to come up the seventh time and nothing changed, man? What would they have wrote in chapter eight? Naaman wills a mighty man, now he's an idiot. Right? Like, uh, You'd never hear about him again. We'd never have chapter 7. That's what would happen. What if you took the risk of giving generously? I'll tell you what would happen. You, you would get the blessing of being able to trust that God can take care of you no matter what. You'd get your feet wet just a little bit. That's what would happen. What what if you took the risk of asking forgiveness from another person? Oh, you'd discover God's honor of your confession. You'd get your feet a little wet. What if you took the risk of using the spiritual gift he's blessed you with? <laughs> you'd experience the joy of being used by God. You get your feet real wet. What, what, what if you took the risk of making a phone call or visiting or trying to encourage somebody who's hurting? And, and You'd know the satisfaction of a spiritual touch to another human being that was aching. And you get your feet real wet. What's God calling you to do to wet your feet? Right. What's he called? What's he calling you to risk and wet your feet? Maybe maybe you like your name and maybe you, you, you look like you got it all together. But but there's that one thing and you ain't got it all together. Right. Your life's a mess, man. You put on a good front, but in reality, it's a mess. And this faith, it, it, it's faith of the servant girl who spread to, to, to Naaman for just a little bit, who then spread to a king, who then spread to Elijah, who then connected everybody, who spread to servants, has now really spread to Naaman himself. And Naaman is healed, right? And, and then he returns, verse 15, I'm going to fly through this part. Verse 15, he returns and, and he gets to this man of God. And I already used verse 15 a little bit, so you ought to know, right? And all his is with him, and he came and he stood before him, and he's getting ready to this is the first. Hold on. I got I got to get you got to get this part. This is the first time he's met Elijah. Y'all know that, right? Because every time before he met a king and then he met a servant and then like it was just he hadn't met Elijah yet. If you had a disease that was killing you, you had the greatest problem ever. Maybe it's not a disease for you. Maybe it's some heartache. Maybe it's some spiritual problem. Maybe it's an addiction. I don't care what your thing is. Right. I do care what your thing is. But like for this, it doesn't matter. Right. So you get your thing and somebody healed you of it. What's the first thing you're going to say when you meet him for the first time? Yeah! Oh, thank you. You saved my life. You healed me. You took away my pain. Things was great. What's the first thing he says? Is it 15? Go to, go to 15. I think it's 15. Name is whole company to come back Here's what he says. He gets right before Elijah the first time. There's no mention of leprosy. He says, I know there's no God in the whole world except like the one in Israel. Therefore, please accept this gift from your servant. He ready to tithe already. Right? <laughs> Some of y'all been in church 20 years. You even know what a tithe is. <laughs> Name and ready to tithe. That's the one moment, one moment, right? Think about it right there. This is awesome. This is awesome. Because what did Elijah say? The main point is what? Not that he gets healed from a disease. The main point is that he finds out there's a God. The main coming, the main point of you coming to church ain't that you get this emotional high and feel good and leave here and tweet and give us five stars. The main point is that you find out there's a God that loves you and is crazy about you, right? And can change things and can heal you, right? That, that's where he's at. He says, Behold, there's no God in all the world. If he knew there was other worlds, he'd have said other worlds too, right? He don't even mention leprosy, man. God's done something so great in him while he was searching for a cure that he forgot he was diseased. He didn't have a disease, or he didn't have a, um, what was the first one? It was a D word because we did all D's. Oh, it was disease. I had it right. He didn't have a disease that led to a despair. You guys are good note-takers. Amen. Promise. Oh. <laughs> The teachers cheated. What a loser, right? You done had a disease that led to despair. Now you done dipped seven times and now you got deliverance. What? Amen. Good for you. Right? That's what I'm talking about. Huh? Here's where it he goes. I'm so lost. 15 through 16. 15 through 16. That's where he's at, right? He, he said, went back to the king. You done know, forgot about his disease, but he wants to give money. Now, this, this is a humor. Anybody been in church like a long time in their life? Like, you're not holy. you just been in church, right? Me too. You ever seen a rich guy come to the pastor and be like, I got $1.2 million. You can have it. And the pastor say, oh, no, I can't. You know what I see? I see, man, we done cleared some stuff across the land. We could go ahead and build that whole church right now, right? <laughs> I, I see it getting spent faster than the man deposited in the bank, right? Especially at Old Baptist Church, right? Huh? It, That would happen if anybody's got 1.2 million. The only thing I'd buy myself is a Ford. And it would be sky high. And then I would build a church, right? (laughs) Look, look at what happens though. Elijah, Elijah knows he's smart. He's smart. He knows this guy thought he could get healed by paying for it in the beginning, right? Because he went to the king, took the money, took the resume, all that stuff. And I need all this to get healed. You don't need all that to get healed. You need faith. And and it's not even faith. It don't matter how much of God's word you hear and how powerful God's word is. If you don't act, obey and act on and follow through on God's word. Right. He acted on it. He he obeyed it. He followed through. He believed it. And he got there and Elijah said, I don't want the crowd mixed up thinking that this guy now has paid for what he's got. So so he doesn't do it. Right. So verse 17, this guy comes up with like this own thing. You got to love. I don't know how many of y'all are new believers, how many of y'all are old believers, but you got to love a new believer. Because this guy like just makes up his own thing in verse 17. He's like, well, if you're not gonna take my money, you just give me a whole bunch of dirt, and when I do sacrifices, I'm gonna spread that dirt down. Now, Elijah could have been like some of you holy rollers has been in church your whole life, and he could have said, "That's not commanded in Scripture. You are wrong, you unholy person, by trying to change." Da 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 And gave him a speech. And you know what would have happened to Naaman? Peace out. That's why I don't go to church. Right? That's what would happened. But 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 he, he comes up with something. And you know, Elijah's in tune with God, okay? Especially about what's going to happen at the end. He comes up with something and Naaman says, go in peace. You're at least headed in the right direction. Thank you, that's what he's saying. He's saying you're headed in the right direction. Like, you don't know everything. I think some of y'all holy rollers have been in church your whole life. And I was there, so I'm like, I'm with you for a little while, right? I think like you think when somebody gets saved, like, bam, they're just full of Jesus. Right, their clothes are changed. Now they're wearing a Christian t-shirt. That sounds cool. All the tattoos that was on their body is is like disappeared. Or they get more tattoos. Maybe that was me. Oh, um, you know, you, you got all, you got all these things. Like you thought, like the the, the song list they listened to was just going to be changed to heart music, right? Or they came to church. All the, all their their song list is changed to right. That's what you think. Elijah looks at him and in honesty, and in honesty says, "Man, you're a baby. Like you're crawling. You're drooling still. That's how it works when you start." Scripture says you're like a baby, like you're starting back over. So he's drooling and, and, and he's crawling. You ever seen like babies when they first learn to walk? They bump into everything. Aggravating little things, right? Like they crawling and they finally getting into stuff. I never understood any of you that ain't parents yet. Understand me right now. I hope so much for that first one to crawl. I did. I was like, I can't wait till he crawls. I can't wait, but like we can wrestle on the ground. You know, the moment he started crawling, he got into everything. He was such a good kid. Then he started moving. Right. Then you're like, I can't wait that he talks and like we can have conversations and, and this can be cool. And then he started talking. He like he was so awesome before he could speak. Right. So the second kid, you, you get to this dilemma because like your wife's all like, I can't wait till he can crawl. Like, it's going to be great. I'm so sick of holding da, 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 da. I'm over there praying the opposite. Lord, don't let him move. Take the movement away from his legs (laughs) until he's 16 years old and gets into himself, right? Because when they start moving, they get into stuff. When you're a new believer, you get into stuff. And it's okay. It's okay. Church, understand people is at least moving in the right direction, right? They need some guidance. They need some teaching. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying they don't need you to tell them how horrible their first idea was, right? Nobody wants that. That's the problem now with some of us, right? They need they need that. They need that push. They need that. So so he's struggling and, and he's going through all this and I'm so lost again, man, this starts messing me up, right? Here, here, here's where I think he's trying to deliver at least this. He's trying to let them understand like God is a compassionate father. He cares about your heart intention. And we could argue that Elijah was wrong and we could debate it and I don't really care. Dive into scripture and check it out. Great, I think it's wonderful that you at least check something out, right? But But here's what I really think. I think he's just saying, like, I understand your heart desire. Like, your, your, your motive is right. Cause what is he doing? He's confessing. He's like, man, I, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna be my master's servant. Which I think there's a verse in New Testament that says, don't judge your, your other master's servant. So maybe, maybe that should, maybe I should tie that in. There's somewhere in there. Check that out. You'll get it, right? But, but he says, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna have to work for this king. And I know when I work for this king, cause I'm his right hand man, we're gonna go into the temple of idolatry. And he's gonna bow there and I, and I don't want it held against me. Some of you, some of us, we, we, we got that same attitude and in naming it, and it's awesome. Some of us, we race back to our past. Race back to those we used to hang out with and it ain't to tell them about Jesus. It's just to be with them. Cause it's our comfortable spot. You know what God really said? He said, sometimes your new comfortable spot gotta get away from the old comfortable spot. You know, you gotta find new friends. You gotta find new areas to be. You gotta find new locations. You, you gotta find something new. You gotta get rid of what you was familiar with and go beyond it. You got to get back with. You got to get beyond what you were afraid of for the future and get beyond it. We got to go beyond. So, so, so Naaman, at the end of this thing, he gets in his chariot and he's leaving. All right, four minutes to wrap up this last section. Right? He, he's leaving, and this last part gets on my nerves more than anything. i can be honest with you guys, okay? Because I tell you what's happening. What's happening is a believer in the church is taking advantage of another believer, a baby, because a baby believer is the most vulnerable person. That there is. They're new to it. They don't understand everything. They're questioning stuff. But, but they got that fire. Now that fire, that fire is great, but that fire gets you in trouble too. That's why we tell people like, like, it's good that you got a fire. Let's, let's, let's fan the flame the right way so that you don't get misled other ways. You got, you got some process. And that's okay. That's good. Right? So this last thing, he, he's leaving. He's got his entourage. He's got his 1.2 million because Elijah said no. And, and he leaves and maybe he like stops for a second. I don't know. Maybe he's typing in his GPS. Right? How to get back home. Like, so he's typing in his home location and Gazi, which already sounds like a little creepy name. Right. Like, like he comes running up and he's like, hey, man, you won't believe what just happened. Like this other guy came up and and, 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 and Elijah said, you ever had anybody lie on you and use your name? Whew. That'd make me want to slap somebody. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's we getting real honest. Right. We got to Got to get exposed. So you can get some experience. You got confess confession disease. so You can get dipped, Right. I'm going to get dipped on the seventh time. I'm at six right now. All right? So, 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 he, he comes up with his name and says, Man, uh, something happened and came up, and I need, what does he say he need? Because the amount's really important. Uh, Where are we at? Where are we at? If y'all read faster than me, shout it out. Yeah, 75. I need, I need, I need, I need 75 and, and, and two groups closed. You know why I picked that amount? Because one guy can tote that amount, he could have got away with it. He could have took that little bit back home, spent you know a little bit here, a little bit there, and nobody would ever know. He's now got a hidden thing, like Naaman started with, right? See how the story is completely changed. He, here's what he didn't know though, and here's what I love, man. When when you get a believer on fire, like a believer straight up on fire, right? He he gets this guy and he makes this command. And Naaman looks back at him and you would think he's like, no, I got to give this back to the king. I can't give you none of it. Right. He looks back at him and says, oh, you want 75? I'm going to give you 150. That's when you find a believer that's on fire. So check yourself. Check yourself. If somebody come up needing a little bit, would you give them a little bit? Would you give them double? He says, I'm going to give you 150. I'm going to give you what was it? Ten outfits originally. Two. Ten sounded better. Right. Two. So he said, I'm going to give you four. I'm going to dress four of your homies up better than they ever been dressed. I'm going to give you 150 uh, pounds of silver like like things are going to be well. Can you picture, you got to picture the scene now, can you picture Gazi's oh crap moment? He asked for enough, he could tote himself so he could sneak on back to town, hide everything and spend it. Now he's got 200 pounds of stuff. I don't care how big Gazi is. He ain't toting 200 pounds of stuff one mile back home. He's got a dilemma. What do you do when God gives you the desires of your heart? The sin in your heart. And he just dumps it on you. See, he thought he could get away with a little bit. How many times you've been there? He thought you'd get away with a little bit. Thought you get away with just a little bit, just a little bit. Right. And then God gives you all of it. You want it? Boom. I'll give you the desires of your heart. See, we look at that as like a positive thing all the time. I don't think we fully understand what God means. We're like, Oh, God, I give you the desires of your heart. What if your desires are evil? You know, let's be honest about it. quit using Bible verses to make your little church world sound good. Use the verse for what the verse says. It says God will give you the desires of your heart. That don't always be a good thing. Right. I got an ugly heart sometime. Thank God he don't give me the desires of my heart all the time. Right. That's where he's at. So, so this guy dumps it on. him. So now he's got a situation. Naaman is so awesome. He said, I'm gonna give you 200 pounds of stuff and I'm gonna give you two servants to help you tote it back. Oh yeah, you um huma, but now you in a problem because you walk in straight back one mile through the middle of everybody with all this silver and all this good clothes straight to your house, and this is the South, so these people can gossip better than you ever seen gossip happen, right? Y'all y'all people from Ohio just moved here, y'all didn't know that we can spread word faster than Twitter, right? Huh? Twitter, whatever the heck the stupid thing's called. I don't have none of that crap. All right, it's all dumb, right? TikTok, how about that for you, right? I got Facebook that I put a post for the church on once a week. That's pretty darn good for me, right? So so you, so you got all this going on. And then the guy finally gets to the house and he's got everything hidden, right? And you think you got away with it again. And then there's that verse 25. What do you do when the Holy Spirit knocks on your door? It says, hey, Jeremiah, where you been? Oh, I just been like over there taking a shower and uh, I ain't did nothing wrong. What do you do when the Holy Spirit says I'm in tune with the Father and I know your little dark secret? <clears throat> what do you do? See, the problem is some of us think we can keep hiding it. And, and at the end of this thing, man, it started out so good. There's so much great stuff in the middle. But at the end, here what we have is a man that was supposed to be holy who's now trapped in the punishment of death. Because what, 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 is, what does Elijah telling? He goes, man, that leprosy that Naaman had that you thought you could take advantage of. See, I'm with Elijah, man. I think, I think it's a crummy move, a little punk move to try to take advantage of a new believer. And Elijah just had enough. He says that disease he had, you gonna have it. You gonna have it so bad, you gonna be ashy and white as snow before you even get back out this house again. It's gonna be so bad, your family's gonna have it after you. Do, do we understand, like, that's what happens if we try to hide sin? Like, God is no different. He says that You will be exposed. And it'll be a great punishment for it. Or you can be like the guy who at first wasn't religious at all, but got exposed and had an experience, followed through on it because of faith and got dipped seven times and got healed and got delivered. Y'all ever see them little cartoons where, where, where the guy falls off of the. Yes, I still watch cartoons, OK? I also have a pass, so if you want to comment on my cartoon watching, I will swing on you, right? So <laughs> you ever watch those cartoons, though, where, like, the roadrunner falls off the cliff and he's, like, holding on to the little twig? I mean, he's holding on as tight as he can hold on to, right? What always happens, though? Falls. We, we, we've done an, an injustice, injustice sometimes in the church. We talk so much about, oh, just have faith. Just have faith. You better have faith in the right thing. Because it wasn't how tight he was holding on to the twig that could have saved him. It was the fact he was holding on to a twig. So faith in the wrong thing got him in a heap of trouble. And he falls off the cliff. I don't want you holding on to a twig. I want you to have the faith of naming, but I want to make sure you're holding on to the right thing. I think Gosley didn't have the right thing, and that's what got him in trouble. He never let God really penetrate his heart. He was happy with the title. Oh, they call me a man who's with the prophet of God, right? He was happy with that title, but that was it. It stopped at surface level. God said, I want to clean out from the inside what's going on so that we can then work on the outside and I can make you a great missionary. Let's pray. Father God, we love you so much, God. Oh, Lord, I thank you so much for the story. I thank you for naming God. God, I thank you for his honesty throughout the whole thing. And God, I thank you for his obedience in the middle of it. God, I thank you for the instantaneous heart change he had. The giving attitude he got, Lord God. God, I thank you for a little girl That's not even mentioned by name in the verses. But she knew enough about you because her parents had instilled it in her early before she was taken to point him in the right direction. God, help us to point people in the right direction. God, maybe that's some of us. Maybe some of us are the little girl. And you're calling us to point and preach. Maybe some of us are naming God and, and our butt's been holding us back. Maybe you're calling us to get off our butt, Lord God, and get to work. To plunge in the water seven times and get cleaned. God, maybe some of us have been pretending to be believers and we're the Ghazi in the story. God, I pray right now that you put a deep conviction on us so that we don't walk away doomed forever. God, I pray that you take this whole story, whatever character we can relate to, and use it all to your benefit, Lord. In your great name we pray. Amen.